Berkeley Yeast, creators of the bioengineered yeast, Tropics, and the newly launched Sunburst Chico, are now offering free overnight shipping on domestic orders of $1,000 or more. All California orders ship free. Berkeley Yeast, ordinary yeast made extraordinary. This is the Master Brewers Podcast, brought to you by the Master Brewers Association of the Americas, a volunteer organization dedicated to continually improving the products and processes of our membership since 1887. Master Brewers brings you interviews with the industry's best and brightest in brewing science, technology, and operations. This episode was made possible by the following sponsors. Discover more ways to enhance flavor and maximize beer yields with Salvo. Now available in varieties like Sultana, Trident, Lotus, Calypso, Cascade, and many more. Discover how Salvo can help boost your brew at hopsteiner.com. Additional support provided by... Every beer has a story, and that's why, for over 95 years, Gusmer Enterprises has offered a full line of solutions, including equipment, analytical instrumentation, and processing aids, all brought to you from leading suppliers and backed by strong technical support. For the solution to your story, go to gusmerbeer.com. Everybody knows that yeast plays one of the most important roles in brewing, no matter the style and recipe you choose. Yeast simultaneously influences flavor, aroma, acidity, brightness, and mouthfeel and brewing a lager is no exception. Discover our entire SAF lager range at fermentus.com, where you'll find yeast for traditional to modern style lagers. Going to these growers and looking at their facility and seeing these improvements that were recommendations from this group. I feel more secure in the idea that like, I'm not going to see those issues in these bales. A lot of things on here just might not necessarily be things that are on brewers' minds when they're opening up a bag of hops uh, and getting ready to put it in beer. This week on the show, how the Hop Quality Group audits growers and pellet mills and things to look for during your next farm visit. Hi, my name's Ben Bailey. I'm the quality manager at Trogues Brewery in Hershey, Pennsylvania. I'm Patrick Chavanel, uh, the senior R&D brewer at Allagash Brewing Company in Portland, Maine. Outside of your day jobs, you guys are here representing the Hop Quality Group, which most everyone has probably heard of by now. And if not, listeners can check out episode 43 with John Mallett and Tom Nielsen. From my outsider point of view. It seems like the Hop Quality Group has matured into a more organized and sophisticated organization since episode 43 first aired six years ago. Would you say that's an accurate assessment? The group has evolved over time. I have been a a member of the Hop Quality Group for maybe seven plus years. Um, And and by me, when I say I, I mean, I've just been involved. Allagash has been a member for quite a while. And I, I can remember on my first farm trip seven years ago, um, the, there's a huge difference from then versus now in terms of um, an understanding of who the hop quality group is, um, you know, what we're looking to achieve. The communications between the brewer and grower has 
strengthened quite a bit over time. And I, and I really think the hop quality group has kind of helped that along the way where back then uh, there were times on my first trip where we got turned away from a, uh, like a few places. Um, maybe it was due to the fact that, you know, we were on the newer side and they didn't really know why a group of brewers are showing up on their doorstep and wanting to poke around and at their facility. Uh, but nowadays people are asking us to come visit to uh, do a farm audit on their place, um, especially if, if, if we've never been there before. So, uh, so initially it was, you know, there's maybe some confusion and uh, like, why are you here sort of mentality. And, and nowadays it's almost like we're welcome with open arms. So it's been pretty amazing to see that transition over time. We're going to be talking about the brewer's role in quality control, specifically in regards to farm and pellet visits. I guess first, give us an overview of what the Hop Quality Group wants to accomplish during these visits. Um, initially, a lot of it was just uh, the communication around, um, from a craft perspective, the importance of handling hops, um, more so from a, a food safety perspective. You know, if you think about 10 plus years ago, um, when IPA may not have been the, the number one style, brewers were using the majority of their hop on the hot side. And with that, you know, there's a kill step. And uh, nowadays, I think everyone is aware, IPA is the number one style. It's about 40 plus, 45 plus percent of um, the total volume in craft and uh, hops are being used on obviously both the hot and cold side now with dry hopping. Um, so there, there is no longer that, uh, that kill step. So, so hops are, are really looked at as a food product, uh, which has been our message all along. So ensuring that uh, they're being handled that way was a really important conversation uh, for us to have with growers um, so they can understand you know, the importance of, of handling uh, that product from a food safety perspective. When we go and visit a farm, we really want to make sure that both the farmer and the brewers that do the audit come away with an understanding of what the challenges are on both sides. So, you know, obviously every brewer wants the perfect hops, but like the weather, other things can affect the quality of the hops from year to year. Like you can't say, I want all of my hops to be this percent alpha or else I'm not going to buy them because that doesn't work. We just go out there and, and do these audits as a, and try and keep it conversational to some extent, even though there is an actual paper audit that we provide. Once they understood the issues we had with dry hopping, you know, that was just a conversation that we had to have with growers so that they were under they understood the challenges that we were facing with that. Okay, so when do these visits occur and who participates? So these visits happen uh, prior to harvest uh, annually. I think last year we did a total of 15 across four or five different states. And really, if you're a member of the Hop Quality Group, you can opt into one of these, whether um, you've never been to Yakima in the first place before or, or anywhere else, uh, any other growing region in the U.S. Or if you've been a handful of times and, uh, and still want to participate, um, you know, it's open to, to any group member uh, that wants to, to go. 
we do the majority of them in three states, Washington, Oregon, and Idaho. Um, and just to keep it, keep the group uh, on the smaller scale, it's between four to nine brewers. Keeping it big enough that, uh, you know, it's not just two or three folks um, because there's, there's a lot to look over when you're touring these facilities. Uh, but ensuring that the size isn't too big to, to manage uh, a large group of people. Do, do, they, do these auditors receive any training? Do they all go together? Do they kind of split up to cover more ground? How do you make sure they're all on the same page? So we have the, there's always been someone uh, that is the head of the group that's organizing which farms are going to visit this year in each area, et cetera. They have enough experience to be able to generate the final report. So, you know, if you've never been out there and never done any of this before, obviously the farmer is also going to ask, like, well, why should I listen to this guy? What does he know about anything? Um, they can come out and do that anyway and have insight because, you know, I would hope that they have a food safety plan in their brewery as well that they can kind of like overlay as, as experience. But at the end of the day, we're only going to give one report to the farmer, not nine of them. So they're all generating the same report, and then the leader of that group is going to compile them. And if something is written too harshly, you know, tone it down. Or if something's just wrong, he'll correct it. Because they can make some ob- observations that they don't understand what they're looking at. It's possible, and he, uh, that person can fix that. Coming up, we don't want to see a front end loader, you know, drive in from outside on a, a non paved surface and then in there and start moving hops around. I'm John Bryce, and you're listening to the Master Brewers Podcast from the Master Brewers Association of the Americas. There's really only one thing that keeps this podcast going, and that's when listeners like you take the time to thank our sponsors. The next time you talk to a rep from one of these companies, be sure to thank them for their generous support. Sponsored by BSG, exclusive distributors of Rar Malting Company, producers of quality malt since 1847. Is your Pilsner looking flat? Wishing you could show off a moose-like foam stand or looking to boost mouthfeel in a hazy? Then look no further because Rar Dextrin Malt is here to improve your beer. Bringing better body, improved haze formation, and stable foam, it's practically magic. Visit bsgcraftbrewing.com to learn how. Get to know Proximity Malt. We malt superior, European-style, low-protein varieties grown close to home in Delaware and Colorado. Domestically grown, precisely malted to style. With our team of seasoned experts and two brand new malt houses, try what's really new in malt. Check us out at www.proximitymalt.com. Positively impact your process, product, and profitability with actionable insights from BrewIQ, the industry-leading real-time fermentation monitoring solution. Visit www.precisionfermentation.com backslash MBAA to start saving time and money today. 
Grist Analytics is the leading quality and production control software platform built by and for craft brewers. The unique cloud-based application gives the unprecedented ability to capture data your way and correlate it across the brewery. Get real-time feedback on the brew deck, analyze correlations from the lab, and track brewery performance while listening to this podcast. Grist Analytics helps you skip past hours of sorting through spreadsheets and paper logs to making informed decisions that drive efficiency and deliver better beer with confidence. GristAnalytics.com Are you sure you're getting the best deal? Visit the Lupulin Exchange, where you can find every hop variety, every brand, and every vendor. Compare prices, reviews, shipping speeds, reliability, and more on over a million pounds shipping direct from every hop merchant and grower in the U.S. The Lupulin Exchange. One stop, all the hops. And here's what's coming up on the Master Brewers calendar. District Michigan Summer Social is July 8th at Fitzgerald Park and Grand Ledge. The District St. Paul Minneapolis Happy Hour slash Motuika Hopcore Rub is July 21st at Surly Brewing. Master Brewers has teamed up with ASBC to put on a two-day raw materials symposium August 3rd and 4th in Bloomington, Minnesota. District Midwest has a summer meeting August 5th at the Yellow Springs Barrel Room. District Milwaukee meets at the Molson Coors Miller Inn September 21st. The world-famous Master Brewers Brewing and Malting Science course begins September 29th. The 2023 Master Brewers Conference will be October 6th through the 8th in Seattle, Washington. District Michigan's fall meeting will be at Founders Brewing in Grand Rapids October 19th. Check out the full calendar of events at mbaa.com for more details or to find a district meeting near you. Haven't joined Master Brewers? Now's the time. Just for listening to the Master Brewers podcast, become a member for $123 for the year. Head over to mbaa.com and use code BEER2023 when you join. back to the show. Why don't you walk us through a typical farm visit? What exactly gets evaluated and documented? Basically, we're looking for points where anything could contaminate the hop. So we're aware that hops are agricultural. You know, they're grown outside. Um, We are worried about birds and pests of other kinds. There are birds and pests of other kinds outside as well. The way we look at it is it's risk reduction, just like any other quality initiative. You know, if there's a bird that flies over uh, an acre of hops, you know, there's a lot of not hops out there. Once a bird flies over, let's say, a cooling floor or conditioning floor, it's all hops. So, like, it's 100% chance if the something falls off the bird that is going to end up inside the hops right? versus uh, out in the field where the risk is not a hundred percent. So we're looking for uh, those kind of birds and pests outside of the facility. 
dirt that could be contaminated, metal. So we want magnets in certain process steps. Um, we would, on the conditioning floor, that should be clean. We don't want to see a front-end loader, you know, drive in from outside on a, a non-paved surface and then in there and start moving hops around. First proof lighting, uh, really the same kind of procedures and uh, infrastructure that you would want to see in a, a well-designed brewery. Yeah, uh, ensuring that uh, once hops enter the facility, uh, they're kept off the ground. That's obviously aside from the conditioning floor. Um, but when they're being loaded into the picker, uh, you know, keeping them elevated uh, prior to them going into uh, any sort of equipment. Um, any sort of conveyance system uh, that's especially if um, there's some sort of uh, um, access above it, make sure, making sure that that is covered so nothing can actually fall into the hops uh, along the same lines, ensuring that there are kick plates um, and, and, and specific areas so that if you're walking in from the outside and you have a bunch of dirt on your shoes, making sure that's not going to fall on the hops. Um, signage, so clear signage from anyone that's working there, that there should be no food in the facility, no smoking, uh, ensuring that they have nothing in their pockets. So that if there was a, a pen or a cell phone, that's not going to fall into, uh, into the product stream. Uh, well, something we try and do, especially if we visited the facility before, is you know uh, confirm that things that we had uh, talked about on the past visit were were addressed. If there was some sort of communication that we thought that was going to happen, um, and a lot of that comes down to like giving props too. You know, like we brought something up, we're like, "Hey, that door doesn't seal quite right," and we come back two years later, two years later, and it's all sealed up. Like, we should at least say, "Like, hey, man." Awesome. Thank you for getting that done. So you, you produced this report, uh, you know, at the end of this visit. Um, who has access to the Hop Quality Group's documentation related to these visits? Just that individual farmer and then the, uh, the Hop Quality Group members are the only people who have access to that. All right, let's hear about pellet mill visits, which might happen at the merchant's location, but there are also some growers who run their own pellet mills, right? That's correct, yeah. So what's, uh, what's important to verify during pellet mill visits? Uh, there are a number of things, um, not just from a food safety perspective, but just from a general hop quality perspective uh, as well. Um, Typically, whenever we do any of these audits, whether it's pellet mill or farm, first and foremost is it, we look for whether or not their facility looks clean and organized, because that says a lot in terms of all of the other potential quality parameters that they're paying attention to. Um, so aside from that, uh, there's more specific things like storage temperatures uh, of the bales and, and obviously the room that they're being held in. Um, ensuring, so for more of a food safety perspective, that uh, when a bale is, is being loaded uh, into the um, first stage in pelletization, that bales don't touch the ground. So this is going back to, um, 
from picking, you know, once those hops enter facility, you want to make sure that they stay off the ground the whole time. Uh, uh, the, we also want to make sure that they're doing uh, the, the operator of that machinery uh, does a visual inspection uh, of the bale before it goes into the bale breaker. Um, you know, that's not just a good quality uh, control point from uh, like a brewer's perspective, but from their perspective as well, they obviously don't want to send in any sort of foreign substance that might be in the bale into any of their equipment. Um, covered conveyance is, uh, is another uh, point on here where if there are any sort of walkways above areas in which hops are being conveyed that they are covered so no foreign substance falls in them and then makes its way into the actual pellet. Um, making sure that they're using food grade lubricants throughout and, and nothing but food grade lubricants. Um, ensuring that they have magnets in uh, some specific areas. And this this is also for their own benefit as well, because you know if there are magnetic um, foreign substances in the product stream that will not only have the potential to you know ruin their equipment, but uh, obviously brewers don't want to see that in uh, in their hot pellets. Um, then it goes into uh, making sure, well, not making sure, but more or less just looking at the size of their their mixer and blending tank uh, and what type it is. Um, these have a lot more to do with just ensuring a homogenous product. So uh, a smaller mixing tank um, that is uh, horizontal in nature might not be as good as Homogen at homogenizing uh, however many bales could fit in there uh, as opposed to a larger um, uh, a larger um, a vertical mixer um, the ensuring that's the the temperature uh, of the outlet of the dye stays within a certain range you know you obviously need it to be a, a, at least uh, warm enough to form that pellet but you don't want it to be so warm that it's going to do some damage uh, to any alpha acids or oils that are actually uh, in the hops. And, um, and what is that range? What, what are you comfortable with? Uh, we have listed 104 to 122 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, and this is based off of some work that Val Peacock uh, had done historically and, and with the part of the hop quality group. All right. What else? We also like to hear what their sort of uh, clean out methods are from changing from variety to variety. Um, each place has kind of a, a, their own um, method for, for going about doing that. Uh, ensuring that they have appropriate signage up, so no food, no smoking in the area of processing. Um, for packaging, um, making sure there are some QC checks in place for whatever process they're using, whether a soft pack or hard pack. So soft pack, uh, meaning flushed with some sort of inert gas uh, or hard pack being vacuum sealed. Uh, so having some sort of testing procedure to ensure the, uh, that that, uh, that foil is actually sealed um, is a conversation to be had during these. And then uh, it leads into storage. So once um, hops have been pelletized, where is their storage facility uh, ensuring that it's close by so that uh, if there is a drive from the processing plant to storage, 
uh, making sure that that it's um, quick. And if it's not quick, ensuring that the hops are being transported in some sort of reefer truck, uh, essentially just being kept as cold as possible uh, past the point of pelletization. What are some of the most important benchmarks growers need to hit during harvest and processing? Sure, I can touch on that. Um, so uh, there are a few um, from, uh, and we could go through them as the, the process kind of flows through. So from picking, um, it's the percent of leaf and stem material. Uh, during the picking process, we just want to ensure that the, what gets through are just the hop cones. So limiting the amount of, of those other, not foreign materials, materials that are coming from, from the plants, um, but aren't entirely aiding in the quality of the hop. Uh, so uh, that's one from picking, ensuring that the cones kind of remain intact when they're, um, they're being conveyed to the kiln, that there's limited to no cone damage. Um, and then any other foreign materials we want to make sure aren't in there. So uh, whether that's by means of, of a magnet or uh, just ensuring that there are, there are no pests, there, there are um, appropriate mitigation systems or nets in place um, to ensure that uh, it's just hops. Um, moving on to drying. Um, some quality control parameters is a big one. Uh, I guess the two big ones are uh, moisture content and temperature. Uh, so moisture content, you're shooting for around you know nine to eleven percent, with eleven probably being a little on the high end. Um, so average of ten, say. Uh, and in terms of temperature, this is going to depend uh, on a potentially hot variety, but also from a uh, grower processor's perspective. Um, there is a, a range of sorts. It's between 125 to 140 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, and you know, the hop quality group has done work to, uh, to sort of lower that range over time to ensure greater quality of uh, the final product. Um, then it, it travels over to uh, cooling or conditioning. Um, Again, moisture content is, is a critical uh, control point. Uh, same range, uh, you want it to be around nine to 11. Um, and, uh, and once the hops are cool, you're looking for somewhere around uh, below 75 degrees Fahrenheit before it goes into bail. Um, bailing, again, talk about moisture content. Uh, and here it's really critical uh, because the higher moisture content, the greater risk for uh, what's known as spontaneous combustion, um, or just, you know, you can create this composting that occurs, which then generates heat and can turn into a fire and uh, has some real serious uh, uh, risks associated with it. So uh, moisture content is, is really key, not just from a brewer's perspective, but from uh, a grower processor perspective as well. Uh, and then temperature. Um, once hops are baled, they should be kept cold uh, below freezing between 27, uh, 30 degrees Fahrenheit is ideal. Um, so the colder, the better, really, uh, just to retain as much uh, quality characteristics in terms of alfaces and oils and all the nice aromas. So um, 
keeping it cold after it's bailed. That was Patrick Chavanel and Ben Bailey here on the Master Brewers Podcast. Check the show notes for a link to the presentation Patrick and Ben gave at the 2023 Master Brewers Eastern Technical Conference. Are you enjoying the Master Brewers Podcast? Let me tell you about a simple way you can help us keep making more. Take a minute to thank our sponsors. There's no way we could produce this show without generous support from sponsors like Hopsteiner, Proximity Mall, BSG, Gussamer, and Precision Fermentation. So please, let them know you heard their message on the Master Brewers podcast and that you appreciate their support.